Well, folks, here we go again. Uh, we're back to pre-recording. We're down at the venue, but recording uh, prior to the Sunday instead of doing it live. And we're back into further restrictions. We are still living with the uncertainty of what's coming up. The constant changes to what we can do, what we can't do. It's January. It's cold. And... Uh, we're hopeful for the end uh, to come at some point, but right now, boy, doesn't it feel tough. We're still separated uh, and yet joined together as we meet uh, in this kind of virtual way, but it still isn't the same as gathering together. We do uh, really feel it. We feel it, and I'm sure so many of you do too. We encourage you as you gather again this morning, reach out. Um, send someone a message, FaceTime someone, let's stay connected as uh, we do this. Our message or messages throughout the number of weeks coming up, as Chantel has already outlined, is we'll get through this. And uh, we are going to get through this. Uh, coming up the last few weeks of 2020, Chantel and I were chatting away and contemplating and thinking, goodness, how do we continue to lead? How do we continue to um, uh, inspire and encourage and point people towards Jesus. How do we uh, teach? What is the what is the basis of the teaching on these Sundays that we gather together? And Chantel did a stunning job last week as she outlined something that she felt really deeply that the Lord had given her. Something that we've been praying about this week during our twenty four seven prayer time of of New Year means new life, new joy, and new hope. And uh, those of you that tuned in and watched it last week, you'll see just how incredibly enthusiastic uh, she was as she delivered that. And, uh, and that, is, that is what we're reaching for. We are enthusiastic. That is what we're uh, longing for, what we're praying for, what we're contending for, that we want to see happen in the course of this new year. But being truthful and being real and being honest this is such a, a difficult time. It just feels like, oh, is it going to ever end? And so we wanted to take uh, some time over the course of the next few weeks looking at the life of Joseph. Joseph uh, is this incredible character that we come across in the book of Genesis. It starts at Genesis chapter 37 and goes right the way through to the end of the book. And I'd encourage you in your own time, even this week or over the weeks, is to, is to read the book yourself. Read those chapters again. It's just the most incredible story. And we want to uh, take some time looking at how Joseph, who had endured such difficult hardship as he was um, um, betrayed by his brothers, thrown in a pit and sent off as a slave and to a land that was not his own and while he was there he was mistreated and uh, he was wrongly imprisoned and, and yet it wasn't just uh, that he survived that time, he thrived during that time and we want to uh, look at his life and see goodness what can we learn from that as, uh, as we continue to journey. I've been talking so much that I've lost my space in my notes and I just had to put my code in there. We're back, we're, we're online, we're going. Where are we? 
The prophetic dreams which were given, uh, which you can read about the beginning of chapter 37, probably, uh, which outlined really Joseph's God-given destiny, probably seemed far, far away uh, when it all began. Uh, part of uh, this teaching series is, is going to be sort of helped along by a book, actually, that I began reading right at the very beginning of lockdown, written by Max Licardo, called uh, You'll Get Through This. It's one of those books that I picked up and I thought, Flip, that's, that's pretty apt, I'll start reading that. And it was one of those things, you think, wow, this is a brilliant, this is really helpful. This is back in March and April. And uh, it's a habit of mine, I tend to pick up a book and I usually read about half of it. And then I either think I know what how it's going to end, or I get bored, or a mixture of the two, and then I put it down. And it's only more recently I thought, flip, as we're thinking, Joseph, what about that book? And picked it up, I thought, that's so helpful. And so uh, some of what we'll teach will be inspired very much from that book. Again, just encourage you to read that alongside, that would be good. So where do we begin? Well, where did it begin for Joseph? It began in a pit. We read in Genesis chapter 37, verses 23, 24, so when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. The journey begins when Joseph is separated from his father. His father, Jacob, otherwise known as Israel, has sent him uh, on a trip to go find his brothers. His brothers were tending the flocks, and it was probably about a 60 mile distance away from Jacob. And he goes there to find his brothers. And uh, as, it, as he approaches, the brothers conspire with one another. And they're like, there's that dreamer. There's that one. There's the chosen one. Let's, let's kill him. And if it wasn't for Reuben, the big brother, uh, they would have killed him. And uh, so what they do is they, they, they remove, they strip Joseph of this, this incredible uh, ornamented uh, um, coat or cloak that was, that was given specially for Joseph as the special child. And they take that off him and they throw him into a hole in the ground, a cistern, a, a hole which would have been used to gather water and store water. Uh, but this one uh, had nothing in it. This journey of hard knocks and tough life that had just begun at this moment in time for Joseph, had been brewing for some time. You see, Joseph and his younger brother, Benjamin, were the favourites to Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. These were the great-grandsons of Abraham and part of the lineage of Jesus. And yet his older brothers despised him. They despised him because uh, they were born to other mothers. Jacob had four uh, had children with four different women. And, uh, and it was because Rachel, who was the woman that he most loved and truly loved, who had since died, and maybe, just maybe, Jacob was uh, still playing out that love for her through the sons of which she bore for him. And so in this dysfunctional setup, this family setup that's been created with Jacob as the leader, uh, this, uh, this resentment has been brewing and brewing for some time. But despite this leading, it still comes as a shock, I'm sure, to Joseph. He probably didn't wake up that morning and go, I 
do you know what, I probably shouldn't wear my fancy coat today. I probably should put on the big padded coat because I'm going to get thrown into a hole in the ground and, and so on and so on. Of course he didn't. Often um, the pit or assault or terrible things come suddenly. They just happen. Whilst they might be brewing for some time, they usually come unexpected. This time last year, January of last year, we knew of the coronavirus. We knew of this place called Wuhan in China, and we'd seen images on our TV screens with people there wearing face masks and what have you. But never did we expect that there to affect us here like it has done. We'd seen uh, the likes of Ebola or SARS or other like uh, viruses before, and we just kind of, well, I know I did, uh, just looked and thought, oh, goodness, that must be really tough, but never for one second thought it would affect us. Even when it came to our shores, even uh, when we'd heard of cases and stories here, we never thought. I remember Arlene Foster, one of the many updates that we've had on the TV in the early days of this, saying, oh, do you know, the schools, uh, it's likely that the children will not be, in, be back in school but, uh, for the rest of this year. And that was for the, right until the end of June. And I remember watching that going, for goodness sake, what is she talking about? And yet, here we are again. We're back uh, to that same place. Joseph's uh, assault came in the form of a pit. Ours can come, has come in this unseen virus, but it can also come in other forms. It can come in marital unfaithfulness. It could come by an unwanted medical diagnosis. It could be job loss. It could be trauma of, of many kinds that just comes suddenly. Pits are hard places to climb out of. Uh, there's usually no immediate way out. It usually takes time in order to come out and there's no easy exit. For Joseph, his story had just begun, but it got worse before it got better. As the story unfolds and as we look at things in more detail over the coming weeks, we will see that he was uh, sold as a slave, taken miles and miles from his father, from his family. He had to make a whole new life for himself. He's He's there and finds favour very quickly, but then, uh, as uh, those of you who know the story well will know that he was wrongly accused of something, and he's, as a result he's put in prison where he spends years uh, for something that he did not do. Yet Joseph never gave up. He never let the circumstances which had faced him, that had come upon him, define who he was or affect his uh, day or his future that was to come. You see, the destiny, the God-given destiny that he believed in, that he'd received through those dreams were to come. And as a young man, he's age 17, he didn't have the wisdom or the maturity to steward those dreams well. And yet he held on to those. He held on for the day that would be to come that God had ordained and had promised uh, to him. And that was probably one of many things that in the midst of the pain and the suffering and the loneliness that actually kept him going, that kept him right. He got through this. 
He didn't just survive, he thrived. As we journey this difficult time, uh, God is at work. He is at work in our lives. And we've said many times over these last number of weeks and months together that it's actually during uh, pain and suffering and hardship that God actually does some of the best stuff in us. And at the time, it feels miserable. It feels awful. It's just like, oh, can we just... And yet in these moments, in these times, God is at work. Chantel said last week, uh, two times, I think, uh, that some of us might be thinking, oh, I, just, I, I haven't persevered. I haven't done what I wanted to over this time. And she said, but look, look, you're here, aren't you? You're still here. You're still tuning in. You're still pressing on. And that is just part of it. That's part of getting through this is the ability to just keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep walking in the right direction, the right direction towards him, the right direction towards one another and the right direction towards those who are really, really struggling and finding life difficult. We will get through this. As we fast forward to the very end of the story, uh, we skip to Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. It says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. This is at the very end of the story. Um, story uh, 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 killer. Here, here we go. I'm going to tell you, tell you the story. Most of you know it. Joseph's brothers go and they go to the land to Egypt where, he, where Joseph is and they find food. And at that moment, after a whole song and a dance that Joseph plays with his brothers, uh, he reveals himself to them. And uh, Joseph is saying to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. And it was for the saving of many lives. And never for one second ever are we saying coronavirus is part of God's plan. Never are we saying it's something that God has brought upon us. No, no, no. Not our way of thinking, not our theology. But God is at work in us, through us, during this time. We don't know how the story will end. We don't know what life will look like, although um, some of us maybe are dreaming, fantasizing about the future of what life might look like once we get out and, and there's a degree of normality as we, as we return. But one thing it is for sure that we're searching for, that we're striving for, that we're praying for, is new life, new joy and new hope. And so much of that is being birthed right now in the unseen place, in the quiet place, in the dark, lonely place. Jenny Norton, part of our church, uh, has been since day one, what a legend, dropped round uh, to us uh, a basket of, uh, of uh, their bulbs of some sort of flower. I don't actually know. Daffodils, snowdrops, I don't even know. What a surprise it will be when they actually come up. Daffodils. But Daffodils, thanks dear. Chantelle is calling out from the back there. And, uh, and, and just this message that came with it, it's like, it's like these are going to flower. And uh, there's that well-known verse in Song of Songs, just come to me there. Um, 
see that the, the winter is past and over. Do you not see it? Do you not perceive it? Do you not see that the spring flowers emerging? And it feels like very much, uh, even though it is winter, literally, but it has felt like winter for a long time. And we're longing for, we're hoping, we're praying that the flowers will emerge, that new life will come. Our encouragement to you today and over these next few weeks is you'll get through this. We're going to get through this. The Bible is full of stories of redemption, of being uh, set free, of deliverance, of walking through and journeying through. Moses, with God's help, leads the people through the Red Sea. He continues to lead them through the desert. Daniel and his friends uh, come through and out of the lion's den. Peter is led by the Holy Spirit out and through the prison gates. God continues to lead us through the wilderness and God continues to lead us even through the valley of the shadow of death. It's always this posture. It's always this journey. We're never meant to be in this place forever. It's always coming through and we are going to get through this. Isaiah writes, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. We're going to look at this some more over the coming weeks that we're going to get through this. We're going to continue looking at Joseph over time. But that's it for now. That's just a little bit of a, uh, an introduction as to what to expect. And uh, I'm going to pray in a moment. But just wanted to remind you at 11.30 today, we're going to open up a Zoom call for coffee and chat. Uh, you can get the link by going to our website and uh, visiting our events page uh, or what's on. I think it's what's on and then events and you'll see the Zoom link. You can go onto that and uh, an opportunity to see us and to see other people and uh, an opportunity to have a bit of a chat. So why don't we pray together? God, thank you for our time again this morning. Even though we're apart, we're together. And we're together with you in your presence. And we pray this morning that you would encourage us deeply. That we, with you, will come through and get through. In Jesus' name, amen.